gentlemen and welcome to the autopod decepticast i am your host ryan and we are stitching together every episode of script every well every script deviation from the show proper celebrating all this ron friedman fever dream madness um a lot of you guys have been giving us some super great suggestions for uh future episodes and directions the podcast can take and i okay i know i'm accused sometimes of sounding sarcastic when i'm being genuine i'm being totally sincere here um so keep them coming there are no bad ideas well from our listeners anyway <laughs> it's it's definitely bad okay uh the best way to get in contact with us is to tweet at us or dm us on twitter which <laughs> I, I mean i guess <laughs> i guess you could try tweeting or dming us on pinterest but it will not be successful um we will answer you and that is that is a promise um we'll d- also have new content starting in the new year uh but today we start with episode 38, which aired almost exactly a year ago, actually. Uh, this edition covers the Siege of Autobot City, part two, and there are a hell of a lot of deviations about it. Jesus. Uh, I mean, especially in my script. Ron Friedman made a fucking banquet out of this. There, Like, there's so much it could have been, well, it would have been a bad movie, but it could have been a movie all on its own. Um... We run all the way up through episode 50 where Hot Rod puts Cup back together with um, circoed, circ- circoed, circuit glitch, diode blown, dimwittery, all included at no extra charge. Um, so, all right, hunker down, fuckers. It's part trois of Scripps Deviation. I was trying to do that pop thing. That There we go. That's the French, whatever. Okay, roll it, fucker. Y'all know what it's time for, don't you? What? I do. It's time for script. <laughs> is that? Is, I don't is, know why that's so is funny. That, is that Ryan in my cold chamber? That's right. <laughs> he can just he'll just throw in script deviations or whatever. I don't even have to say it. I know, but. <laughs> I kind of have to keep that in. Now. I just wanted to hear you do it. <laughs> oh, okay. It could be an outtake. Yeah, 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 that's in. true. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> I don't have any deviations. Basically, what happens on screen Good, is what happens on my page. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what you got? Well, in the last minute, it's very similar. Um, he uh, uh, Ingester consumes the moon, and uh, then Galvatron is incensed about it, and then uh, Unicron tortures him, and he says, I will obey. Um, and then he takes the entire force off to battle. Uh, so in this minute, Ultra Magnus in Autobot City, he's studying the scanner device as Springer Cup and Hot Rod look on amid general gathering of Autobots. Um, so basically exactly the same thing, and he says, the third moon of Cybertron has vanished, which I went back and looked in the script, that's the munitions factory. It's Jazz oh, okay. and Cliffjumper. There's no Spike and Bumblebee. Okay. So it's just they were on Moon... Moonbase 1 in the movie is the Moon 3 in the, this script. Okay. Um, re- reaction, ad-lib through the crowd of disbelief. I don't know how you can ad-lib in a cartoon. 
Um, but uh, then Cup steps forward and calls Ultra Magnus, Was it the work of the Decepticons? I don't know. Looks off points. This may be the answer. And I'll look off where a small cloud of dust in the distance uh, over the far line of mountains suddenly moves closer, closer, closer until it's visible as a fast-traveling Autobot whose form is still not quite discernible, moving fast down from the heights to the plains area and into Autobot City, where Ultra Magnus and others are assembled. Who is it? Why, who could it be? A special messenger from our forward observation post. Another angle on the special messenger who is Blur. This is the first appearance in the script of Blur. Blur Special messenger Blur whips into the shot and up to Ultra Magnus. His his motion is so fast that it is a trailing image to catch up with when he stops. He speaks extremely rapidly. Um, Greetings, Ultra Magnus. I bring word of the sky. Scan findings. I can't do this. Greetings, Ultra Magnus. I find word of the sky. Scan findings regarding the ingestion and absorption of the third moon of Cybertron. I kind of like this introduction, but it's like really, it's a lot. Like, to introduce kind of late. Um, It'd be overwhelming. And then um, Blur says, The moon was practically swallowed by the gigantic planet of unknown origin and moved into Cybertron orbit with the last (laughs) astrodecimal minute. I hate that shit. Um, you don't like the the uh, what do they call that? Uh, they're stuff? cute. The conversion. I don't, I don't, I don't mind them the, that the time conversion. It's just, or, in the script, yeah, they're but, really <laughs> awkward, and they change it a little bit in the movie, which is fine. Um, <laughs> so Springer says, "Were there any survivors? Unknown, but since ingestion of the moon, large invasion forces of the Decepticons has left for Earth." Hot Rod says, "An invasion force. We've got to man battle stations." And Blur says, "No time. Estimated arrival is now." We cut to the sky where Galvatron, an enormous invasion force, is descending from Cybertron, joined by a land force of other Decepticons, Insecticons at all, which have been on Earth this whole time. Well, shit. Yeah. So the invading force are so vast that they cast a shadow over the entire landscape. Oh. The noise of their arrival... You could never animate this. Like, <laughs> yeah. The noise of their arrival uh, creating an ominous buzz as we close on Galvatron, who flies into camera, his eyes gleaming malevolently. So they're even more heavily outnumbered now than they were before. Um, on Autobots, pan for reactions. As Decepticons descend and approach and shadows darken the scene and race over the upturned fa- faces of the Autobot defenders, Daniel, R.C., Springer, et al., Springer says, I don't think this is going to be my favorite day, which is a weird line. Not up to his no, usual standard. I, I Isn't it the same day I, as the other fight that they just I had? don't think this is I think is already it's been be a pretty bad day. To, well, I can tell you yeah, so that's kind of... That, that makes this... Today is certainly not going to be my favorite. It jumps today. around a little because this is so expansive. Like, there's one where it's, <laughs> there's a lot in there. But, um, so that's where I'm going to end for that minute. Ice Cube shows up. Today, Damn, today, it will be a good day. This is him, right? It was <laughs> a good day. Today is not going to be my favorite day. <laughs> is that your Ice Cube? Yes. Not too much of anything. Referring to the Blur Grimlock situation in my script... They do describe Grimlock as like a spooked horse refusing to be shut into a barn. <laughs> there is a... Oh, okay. All right. That's all I've got. Okay, Ryan. well, I can make up for that short amount because this is a long one. Um, so, again, you write the first draft and cut, but... Whew, Ron really left it all on the stage here. I mean, this shit is, it jumps all over the place. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, so in this one, it opens on Hot Rod, anxious to fight, moving back and forth, uncertain how to begin. Come on, let's get behind some cover or start shooting or something. And Cup says, steady, lad. We've got to be an army now, not a frightened mob. Which 
And in this script, but also, they do try to make it like militarized, like their ranks and stuff, which is not apparent in the TV show or the movie really at all. Uh, another angle, R.C. and Daniel. As Daniel looks up at R.C., moves over to him protectively. Hot Rod looks at R.C. in the same way she's looking at Daniel. And R.C. says, stay close to me, Daniel. And Hot Rod to R.C., and you better stay close to me, which is... They're not, it's done much better in the movie where they're in actual danger, not just talking, standing on the ground. Um, Ultra Magnus. Does she never have that like twist, like turn in that moment on its head where she gets to prove that actually she's tougher than he is? Oh, no, absolutely not. Oh, okay. no. That's so just, in, because in Ron Friedman's version of the sh- script, she is just a helpless dame. Yeah, and it works okay. better in the movie with the minimal amount of like agency that she's actually given, because uh, she kind of you know gets that dig and shows that Hot Rod is a complete boo buffoon. But nah, they don't do that in the script. Um, Ultra Magnus unleashes a giant sidearm and motions to Autobot groups to separate into two groups on either side of him. He adjusts the dials on a freestanding console beside him and seems preoccupied with that action and unconcerned by approaching enemy forces. Ultra Magnus, maintain positions until further orders. Hot Rod, we'll be melted down on the spot. Springer, Ultra Magnus knows what he's doing, kid. Don't sweat your circuits. (laughs) Somebody is very pleased with himself. (laughs) I don't know if it even picked that up. I heard it, so I'm I so, it picked it up. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that that would wow. be as audible as it was. There's that pizza coming back around. Yeah, and maybe the beer. I, I'm surprised. That that hasn't happened any sooner on this series. <laughs> Next time, just do it directly into the microphone. <laughs> well, I imagined that before I did it, and I thought, no, I shouldn't. That would be ass- that'd be terrible. Please continue. <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry. Galvatron and his forces are now directly overhead and coming down lower, and Galvatron, and this is his battle cry, Ingester! That's it. What was our battle cry? Our Thanksgiving battle cry, Caleb? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All right, he's ruined. Um, Galvatron starts firing it down on Autobots, and Ultra Magnus pulls a lever on the console and hurls himself away from the center of the area. Whoa. Autobots, keep down! On center of area in which he's been standing, a large opening irises in, and a billow of white gas spews up in an expanding mushroom-shaped cloud that explodes with a soft pop sound and then tinkles like thousands of glass bells as an what? even larger, fast-expanding cloud of blinding, glittering particles surge upward, filling the screen. And Galvatron says... Optic Dazzler Gas! <laughs> Speaking of gas. Optic Dazzler Gas. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad I timed that too early. That would be I'll optic, cut that in right there. Optic Dazzler Gas. Which I guess it's like a frag grenade or like right. in like uh, that's meant to optic interrupt uh, optic interrupt gas. communications or whatever. Friedman, you madman. I mean, I put yes. seven exclamation he's, points and question marks after that. Uh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Galvatron averts his eyes, uh, uh, shielding them with the flat of his hand as the others are sharply silhouetted against the brilliantly glaring white sky like figures caught in strobe lights in a dark room. Um, on thrust, as he is blinded and flies crashing into Bone Crusher, who splats down across several sweeps, troopers falling heavily. On Astro Train, he is also blinded and spins out of control, transforming from train to space shuttle to humanoid and back again oh as he spins, God. knocking Cyclonus and a wing of the Decepticon planes into one another, causing them to crash, zoom away, 
and through their own forces scattering them in the sky, all action in a flashing silhouette effects like after images. Over this action, we hear Galvatron shouting, Cover your sensors and regroup! Follow my voice patterns, you cretins! On Ultra Magnus, as he lands Jesus. from his leap away from the center to join Springer Cup, Hot Rod and RC. Autobots, fire and take evasive action! I mean, alright, this is basically, we start now the Autobot City Attack Part 2. Um, he yells and aims his blaster skyward, shooting down Ramjet, who is recovering his sight and turning to strafe. And as Ramjet, in plan mode, streaks sideways across the sky and through more advancing Decepticons, Springer grabs Daniel under his arm and starts to run, followed by Cop and Hot, Cup and Hot Rod with RC bringing up the rear. So again, we're seeing where Springer is like the one who seems to be taking care of Daniel a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Scourge lands and assumes front rank position. Exterminate the Autobots! Uh, and RC aiming her weapon at Scourge, get exterminated yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you. That yeah. burn is not sick. It's not. You'll see in a moment, it's definitely not. She fires, and Scourge is bathed in RC's blast of flame, which licks and dances around his body, but doesn't phase him. He shakes himself as flames cease and continues coming forward, firing with his own weapon. On RC, as Hotward grabs her by the waist and pulls her to one side, as Scourge's blast misses her by inches and melts down a portion of the city. Oh, so Friedman Thank gave Hot Rod the, the, Thank God. the move there. And he even chastises her. Hot Rod says, practice bravery some other time. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, RC protesting as Hot Rod pulls her to safety. But I made a direct hit. I assume that's how she sounded in his, his head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hot Rod with a look back at oncoming Scourge. Not so loud. He'll hear you and get mad. I don't know what that fucking so, means. So she made a point that she did something good. Mm -hmm. And he quickly corrected her, telling her, don't so, like, don't talk so loud. Because <laughs> Galvatron will hear us. Yeah, there's, I mean, uh, there's... Okay, and this is where Springer comes up and says, Don't get too comfortable. Take care of Shorty here until I come for him. And basically gives him a Daniel. And then this is where Springer, and I feel like Friedman must have loved the idea of an Indiana Jones-type character in Springer because he becomes like a total badass and actually shows some military rank um, where Springer says, uh, Hot Rod says, But I want to nail some Decepticons. And Springer says, That was an order, Junior. And to RC, Make sure he doesn't do anything too heroic. He turns, tosses a cluster of grenades at oncoming Decepticons as Springer's grenades explode in front of the first trooper, causing him to fall to the trooper behind him that falls domino-like over him and just to keep doing this until the grenades explode and they tumble away. Mm. Then Springer springs up and out with a mighty flexing of his knees, taking this very literally, and swooping sound springing in bounds across the battlefield between the Decepticons and Autobots. Little on the nose. Uh, Galvatron watching Springer shouting to Scourge and Sweeps who have just joined him, destroy him! And Springer darts this way and that in giant springing motions so he works himself around and springs, but this is too many springs, between Decepticon groups exiting just as Scourge turns and fires into other Decepticons, melting them down and enraging Galvatron. And there's a lot more of that. We can skip some of that. There's more. Just One thing fighting. I have to say as we as we talk about this, like, like we talk about these hordes of Decepticons. Mm -hmm. Like Friedman wrote himself into a corner here because, and also, and he should have known better because he's written for this show the entire first season. He knows there's like ten Decepticons. Right. Where are these hordes coming from? Like, there's no way that this can actually be made. Is it possible? Unless... Is it possible that he's writing? He's like hedging, where he's like, okay. I want him to put in like ten Decepticons, 
But if I write 10 Decepticons, they're only going to put in three Decepticons. So I'm going to put 10,000. So I'm going to put 10,000. Because I want like... He got his way. So, so he's overriding. I wonder if he's overriding in order to get well to the mark of kind of where he anticipates it being. I can see him now. T- he's on a coke fuel binge. He's just like... <laughs> it is the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and then that's where we get to Blur trying to load the Dinobots. And um, this is where it gets, a, there's a weird, like, digression where the Dinobots, and this speaks to your point, Aaron, where they, they say Grimlock is like a startled horse. Well, in this one, there are flames all around them, and they're acting like that, like a horse in a barn fire. Oh, me, sludge hot, too hot, too hot. Oh, what? <laughs> yep. And then um, there's a part where Ultra Magnus comes up with Perceptor, and Perceptor does some pretty awesome shit here. He's been looking uncertainly and turns and deftly dispatches two sweeps with the flat of his hand in a slicing karate move, which cuts them in half through the torso. What? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> and then Ultra Magnus says, Grimlock, steady yourself. Activate your temperature monitors. What? <laughs> yeah. So they're too hot. They just have those? Yeah, I don't know. This whole part I wrote, what the, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Why would you? And so then he becomes aware of what Ultra Magnus has said. Claws at his chest, opening a concealed panel, pressing flashing lights. Me, Grimlock, understand. A whoosh of air, and Grimlock, Grimlock's color changes like metal cooling down from red hot, and he sighs contentedly. Aww. Turns and starts swatting Sludge, Swoop, and Slag, who swat clicks in each Dinobot's temperature monitor, cooling them down instantly. What's, what is this? I don't even know. So they were too hot, and that's why they wouldn't get on the ship? It was like making their brains scramble. Well, the city that's burning, yeah, is making them panicked, and so I don't. What? I mean, it's real weird. I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. Turn on your cyber Prozac administration <laughs> module. Are they exactly. going through menopause? <laughs> Maybe so. Oh, and then yeah, Ultramagus, get the Dinobots on the shuttle. We need their power. At least he explains that. <laughs> Dinobots. Blur's like Blur. Power for what? What are the Dinobots going to pa- going to the shuttle for? I don't understand. Perceptor, why to live and fight another day, of course. Can't you see Autobot City is finished? And that is where Autobot City is in flames, towers melting, walls exploding and collapsing. Good God. Uh, melting in a flood of rock turned to lava. Absolute destruction and desolation is everywhere in the scars. Sky is dark with smoke. I mean, it's almost like you should have abandoned the city earlier and gone after the Decepticons, but right. that is where I will end that minute. That was a lot, so... Whew. Man, but Good yeah, it's just so much. <laughs> Uh, my script is a little bit more refined from the script that Ryan follows. And uh, on mine, it's basically the same. However, it is notable that they left out a couple of lines. When Cup and Hot Rod's ship takes off, in my script, Hot Rod yells, Yahoo! <laughs> We're airborne! And then Grimlock says, Growl! <laughs> I think that might be in mine, too. <laughs> okay, and that's all I've got on mine. Ryan... I have a lot, so I'm going to try to pare it back because a lot of it is just the fighting of the soldiers and stuff. Galvatron is watching this and roars with laughter. Scourge comes up to him and salutes as Decepticons rain destruction down from the skies and hillsides looking at the smoldering city. Victory is ours, mighty Galvatron. But not complete. Prepare to drain Earth's energy for absorption by ingester. Ooh, so Earth is going to get chomped down. Uh, He says also, I shall not rest until all Autobots and their Earthling allies have been crushed to molecules beneath my heel. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I I hate to interrupt, but Mm -hmm. we haven't seen a single other human form of military force or anything take any sort of action. So I like wonder if like 
you know, maybe the town over the on the, <laughs> in the next valley is just like, <laughs> they don't like even know what's going on. I don't on. see anything. I'll keep your eyes down, Marjorie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't see that. That's not our problem. I wonder if as just part of a strategic thing, the Autobots built their base in as desolate of a place as they could, although it's gorgeous. We did talk there about this. Been... Yeah, maybe they did that on purpose to be away from civilization. Well, they needed to build it in, like, the Sahara Desert and not, like, the lush greenery of the Pacific the... Northwest. All that sand's going to get in your gears. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Build it over the ocean? Fuck. I don't know. I just, I in just... the ocean, like... The uh, base with the Decepticons in the show, yeah. which was a great build a, idea. Build an yes. island. <laughs> this is the weird part. Okay, they're close up on Galvatron. His eyes gleam with malevolence, and he roars, Then I shall rid myself of Ingester and take my place as lord of all that shall ever be. Good I'm God. like, maybe just think that. Maybe don't head, scream you it. Just say it. Yeah. I like how they, they use the word malevolent very often in this script. I think yes. Friedman was a big fan of that word. Yeah. How about benevolent? Maybe Prime is benevolent and... That's my new restaurant, Bunevolent, and it's all like sticky buns. And you have and you have men with man buns. Uh, oh, it's it's an it's an it's an all male. Oh, staff, the commercials right? are X-rated. But no, okay. they cannot be shown on TV. By man buns, I meant the haircut, not the the top knot buns, yeah. which also sounds sexual. Top knot. Let's get in the top knot position, baby. <laughs> Listeners, what do you think that would look like? Right Maybe in. this is something we should take to. Oh, oh no! After dark, baby. Oh no! All right, let's finish this shit. Um, so uh, there is some more fighting, like Power Glide and Warpath fighting here. What? Yep. Uh, I miss ba- those guys. They're battered, but still operational. They zoom in toward Galvatron um, and uh, forcing him to run and fire at them over his shoulder. Um, then Springer. Uh, this is, uh, there's a hold on the area of rubble, rubble and twisted steel as Galvatron exits the scene, pursued by Warpath and Power Glide. A beat, and then. Blow! Bang! Exactly. Boom, boomba! Uh, then, with a sproinging sound, Springer pops up from a hiding place beneath the rubble. Like Sproing? Yeah, like a fucking spring. I'll put that sound in. Actually, he's Springer. Did Ron yes. Friedman name him Springer? That's no piece springs. Of you need to post. You gotta. You're gonna have no to post. Springs. You're gonna have to post that. I will absolutely. No uh, springs. And then Springer says, "Ingester, huh?" He springs off rapidly, dodging Decepticon fire. He springs off, springs and springs. Yep, yep, yep. yep. He is Springer. Um, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. this is not good. Yeah, and then um, we there's uh, blasters in command in another section with him are Windcharger, who's dead in the movie, uh, Mirage and Gears, um, who are all back to back firing at the surrounding Decepticons blaster. Keep feeding them fusion fritters and laser latkes. We ain't finished yet. Laser latkes. <laughs> is Blaster Jewish? Yeah, that's, I guess, I mean... Is it time for a Seder? <laughs> Is this the Passover holiday? And so, yeah. What? But you gotta say it like... You know I'd never fight on the Soma Shabbos! You gotta be, but you gotta say it like circuit, like circuit solders. You gotta get alliteration, like... Uh, a Cybertronic Seder? C- Cyber Sabbath. Gears says, but not far from it, our energy is running low. Then throw something at them, babe. Man, there ain't nothing no Decepticons gonna get from me but flame and shame. Yo! <laughs> hey, at it least he's in... talking the way I want him to talk. Uh, Cyclonus swoops past and bombs Gears to pieces. The force of the blast throws Windcharger up and away, and Gear Blaster says, Gears? Oh, man. 
looks up, and pieces of gears rain down on him uh, uh, on the blaster's position uh, as an arm, leg, and a torso fall. <laughs> I'm like, that's God damn. <laughs> well, that's Friedman. He's, if, if he's not murdering an Autobot in the worst possible way, he can't get his dick hard. If he's not murdering an Autobot or making RC look like less exactly. of a contributor to the cause. I think the time has come to hide my pride and run! <laughs> That's Blaster? That's Blaster. Okay. Turns followed by Mirage and other Autobots as they run away. Hot Rod, RC, and Daniel are behind cover. Uh, Hot Rod says, I have bad news and bad news. <laughs> On Hot Rod, RC, and Daniel as he ducks down to rejoin them. Hot Rod continuing, the Decepticons are coming and we're trapped. Osh, RC, tongue-in-cheek. What's the bad news? Hot Rod, we're out of ammo! Get down, Dano! <laughs> and then, oh god, uh, Daniel says, the news just got good. As Cup and Springer come up, Springer uses a war club improvised of a fallen, melted iron beam and bashes one Decepticon through the torso, keeps spinning in a karate movement, sweeps the legs out from two more Decepticons, turns and spins his war club horizontally across his body like a quarterstaff as he looks up, and sees Bone Crusher. These guys are ninjas. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. In the last episode, we had uh, Springer, I think, cutting some people in half. Or no, no it was per- a blur. No, it was Perceptor. Perceptor, Perceptor cut, people. Yeah, cut two with sweeps some, in half. With some high yas. Yeah, and um, uh, Bone Crusher comes down on um, on Springer with a laser chainsaw-like weapon. It's flame teeth whirling. Springer blocks the chainsaw with his war club, forces Bone Crusher back, and then spins war club so that the handle gives an uppercut to Bone Crusher's jaw, driving him back. Bone Crusher throws the laser, starts to throw the laser chainsaw like a spear, and it's over, Autobot. They're just inventing weapons, it's laser great. chainsaws. Yeah. I would prefer if Perceptor like bored them to death with a TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, the, the, he throws the, uh, the laser chainsaw, which uh, Springer dodges, and then hurls his war club like a javelin. And the javelin pierces Bone Crusher's torso and drives him back, nailing him to the wall. He's furious and starts pushing himself forward to get off the pin with an angry growl as Springer hurries to Hot Rod RC and Daniel. And uh, with a mighty effort, holding them... Oh, he grab, Cup grabs two Decepticons, holding them around the waist, lifts them above his head, and smashes them together until they uh, hit the ground uh, like a double-backed beetle, arms and legs working, going nowhere. So there's wow. a lot of melee Christ. in this one. Christ. Um, it's the, auto, the, the War for Autobot City Part 2. Yeah, it's it really is. Lot. It's so much. Um, I'm going to skip some more of this because there's like just more, some more crazy fighting. In this line of Decepticons are delivering and stacking Energon cubes under Scourge's direction as Galvatron sweeps into the scene followed Cyclonius. Where are they getting Cyclonus. these cubes from? From where? I don't know, man. Art these cubes cometh. Galvatron says, leave that. There are Autobots to destroy. But they came here to feed Ingester. Why yeah, not just I mean, I guess creep up and eat the planet with I guess everybody it's on be- it? I guess it's because the Autobots like are now, they've launched a counterattack, and so he's like, oh, we should crush these guys. All Ingester needs to do is come sink his mandibles into this planet, put it in his mouth like a sugar cookie, I don't even see finish why it off. I don't, I don't even see why Ingester has, even gives a shit about having the Decepticons do anything. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> fly over True. the planet. Yeah. And this is where Scourge comes Seriously. in. And this is uh, in the script, he does a partial transformation, so his head rises above his vehicular mode, as though serving as the eyes for the expedition. I think they could probably see in vehicle mode. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Eh. Um, Blur is in. Oh, this is where Blur is trying to get the Dinobots into the shuttle. <laughs> That's all happened before Blur minute. got the Dinobots in the shuttle. Ugh. Yeah. 
so um, Springer comes out. So now here's where the minute begins. (laughs) I I hate this. (laughs) Remember earlier when we talked about how much we loved it? Now this is a lot. I mean, there's a lot. Maybe we'll grow. Maybe we'll grow to love this draft again. But right now. I hate it. It's too much. It is And really, Ryan's skipping things. I'm skipping pages. <laughs> and then Daniel uh, goes with uh, Hot Rod. Actually, Springer takes um, uh, takes Hot Rod, and or takes uh, Daniel. Um, the uh, RC, or Cup and Hot Rod get into the Dinobot shuttle, get the Dinobots in there. Um, <laughs> he, Good uh, God. Scores transform into humiliation mode and shouts orders, firing at Blur. Blur's past them, and RC, who also whips by... Okay, she, she just and hot sexily rod. walks by. Yeah, she saw like she by. wants it. Like, yeah, right. Well, why is she dressing right. so sexy? Yeah, she doesn't right. want it. She's a woman. That's right. Um, basically, we have the same scene with Cup and 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 um, uh, Grimlock. Whenever they're lighting the shuttle, he even says Petro Rabbits uh, Omicron Rada. Instead and of uh, Alpha 9. Alpha 9, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, in here it does say Hot Rod. Yahoo! We're <laughs> airborne! And Grimlock, growl. God, I'm glad we have that commonality. So, yeah. so, they, so they boiled from that, they boiled it down to Aaron's version that you read. Which is what we saw on basically screen. Basically what we basically. see on screen, yeah. God. I have a surprising amount of script deviations. I typically oh, yeah. have yeah, some good stuff this time for once. Sweet. Cool. There's some dialogue that didn't appear. So at one point, Ultra Magnus says to the crew, No time to preheat. We can. This ship can take it. And Perceptor is saying, <laughs> With an accelerated ignition procedure, the ceramic housings might create a magnetic flux. What? Says Ultra Magnus. <laughs> Springer, then he does a little, pushes the joystick forward and says, He means go for it. And this again, like, yes, I have, actually, that's in my two. Okay. But, like, again, Springer is, like, Ultra Magnus really comes off, and they only do it, I think, once or twice in the movie, but um, Ultra Magnus really comes off as kind of a dullard whenever he doesn't understand what Perceptor says and then right. has to be translated by Springer. And it's only mild scientific yeah. jargon. <laughs> so... I mean, so, you get you get more in depth if you're watching an episode of Star Trek, right? Yeah, no kidding. What do they What do they call that jargon? Is there a name? Techno babble. Yeah, right on. Uh, Springer pushes the joystick forward. The rockets surge, and when he does this, I guess a sweep is flying underneath the ship, and it melts Ooh. a sweep. An accidental Decepticon kill. That's right. Um, There are more battles in the air. Like in the sequence that I have, there's like lots of dogfighting. And within that dogfighting, there's sort of these like Top Gun style moments where where, uh, Springer gives a thumbs up through the window at Hot Rod and the other ship. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, at at the very least, this script has an explanation of how they shake the Decepticons. So to finally shake them... Cup and Ultra Magnus communicate via radio. I hope I'm not stealing too much thunder from Ryan. But they communicate via radio. Remember what we did off Beta 4? And Cup does remember that. So they fire missiles at a large (laughs) asteroid, which is split into several parts, and it serves as kind of a screen for the Autobots. And the script actually says, think of this scene as the video game Asteroids. Vector graphics. So they fire at this asteroid. It splits into several parts, which hit other asteroids and split them into several parts. And um, the script says, asteroids keep banging into each other like pool balls after a violent break. And so these, these asteroid pieces barely miss the Decepticon ships while the space 
space around them is filled with lava, dust, gas, and explosions. Lava. And well, you know, that's inside the I guess yeah, the biggest, you know, the bigger asteroids. asteroids. When asteroids I don't know. hit each other, they, they turn into lava. Yeah. Sure. yeah, that's a new thing. That's what science. Um, so with all of this going on, it gives the Autobots an opportunity to get into hyperspace. And Galvatron's ship starts to emerge from all that chaos, and Cyclonus is like. The explosions jammed my sensors and I've lost the Autobots. And Galvatron then says, Damn it! They did the same thing to me <laughs> off of Beta 4! <laughs> so, wow. so this makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I like the explanation of how the Autobots got away. At least that happened and would have been exciting to see on screen. But, but like... There's no, like, there's, Galvatron was just created into existence. Was it, maybe was it's it another Megatron thing. Yeah. Was it a reference back to maybe, Megatron? Maybe so, yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's vestigial Megatron. That's way but, different than mine. Okay, oh, awesome. We, it's, it's pretty much the same. They start to take off, and there's a thumbs up. There's no part about what we did on Beta whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, they do something else. Springer says, this will be a piece of carbon cake. Oh, God. And then hold the icing, whatever that fucking means. He says, this will be a piece of carbon cake, hold the icing. That's right. Um, and then... Uh, I don't like icing. I'm starting to kind of like Ron Friedman a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship's taking a bunch of hits, and Cup says, uh, Roger, but not for long. We're getting pasted. And then Ultramagus says, strap in. We're going to Hypervault. Hypervault? Cup says. Is that like Al Pacino's vault? You mean Al Capone's vault? Al Capone's? Al Pacino's vault is much different. <laughs> Did Al Pacino play? <laughs> no. Al Pacino never played Danny, Capone. Was, uh, not Danny. Um, uh, Robert De Niro Robert played, De Niro played, yeah. played Al Capone. Delayed I want their family dead. I want their kids dead. That kind of shit. Yep. Yeah, we'll be never all seen that out. All right. Okay. No, it's still in. Then Cup says, <laughs> vaulting now. Okay. I'm just going to read this because it is bonkers. All right. On the shuttle, uh, as first Ultra Magnus' shuttle and then the Dinobot shuttle shoot forward and up through Astrotrain, the Decepticons with infinite speed, the image of each shuttle trailing after it, creating an enormously long and continuous afterimage that, unlike Blur's trailing image, does not fade as it passes. <laughs> this long, long, long afterimage, like a frozen snake of pictures showing the shuttles vanishing into deepest space, suddenly swallows itself up from foreground, really up into itself in the infinite distance of space where it vanishes into a blazing pinpoint, which then vanishes completely, accompanied by a musical inhalation of sound that echoes distantly and then also fades away, leaving only blank space where it had been. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can imagine that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what an inhalation of sound is, but... <gasps> <laughs> And that's basically the end of that minute. So they go into deep space, into hypervolting, all the way. That sound effect, Caleb, is why you've got the most memorable voice on the podcast. <laughs> My script actually has this note in it. and It says that this part of the movie that we're watching that's on screen right now uh, a good thing to put at this part would be a song about optimistic adventure with the suggestions that all dreams might not happen. <laughs> oh my god. What? That's a note. That's a very specific oh song request. Oh my god. Optimistic adventure with the suggestion that all dreams <laughs> might not happen. You can dream your biggest dream, but I mean, don't get married to it. Because disappointment still occurs. <laughs> We're grown-ups, not kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sadness 
happens. You just gotta deal with it. Yep. So anyway, Ultra That's Magnus, awesome. uh, the whole the whole the whole congratulations bit happens via Ultra Magnus, and uh, but he also says he gives a little uh, nod to the future. He says that they're going to go ahead and refuel on the junk planet, and from there they're going to work out their oh. battle plan. So the junk planet. So I mean, they're, and actually, they're aware of, they are yeah. aware yeah. of junk. I think on. in the next scene, I can't remember if it's the next scene or the scene after. I mean, they are aware the junk planet exists already but they i guess they're just bringing it up a little early and they're just it's tactically they're going to go there and you know yeah because perceptor does say the planet of junk is in this right right so they know about it right well they and they already knew about it but i guess they didn't know about it this early it wasn't in when we watch it and as we'll see in later in the minute in a couple minutes later they only bring it up as sort of a last resort Mm -hmm. where now it's Mm -hmm. kind of a first resort i don't know anyway Hot Rod's sparring partner was to have many arms uh. and legs and weapons coming from multiple, like maybe sure. one leg he's got a Whereas, sword and in one arm he's got a little cyber knife. Little Whereas hammer. in the movie we see he has two arms, two legs, and no, no weapons, weapons. No weapon fighting Hot Rod. But uh, in this version of the script, that drone is a lot more of an asshole because... <laughs> When Hot Rod is distracted, the sparring bot clobbers him. Hot Rod tells it to quit, but when he does that, it sticks out its metal tongue and gives him a loud raspberry. <laughs> mine too. <laughs> and then continues to give Hot Rod cheap shots at every opportunity that he I, gets. I kind of wish that stayed in. I think That's Hot... like the second raspberry Friedman has put in here. <laughs> loves like, the raspberry. He loves it. Oh, so that's, that's all I've got. Okay, let's see what I've got here. In this one, Galvatron and Cyclonus and the Decepticons are still on Earth whenever the Autobots escape. Remember in the Hypervolt, <laughs> if we all recall. Yeah. So they regrouped on Earth, or...? The Decepticons never leave Earth to okay. pursue them all yet. Right. Okay. Basically, we have a wide shot that shows Scourge and Sweeps have piled another huge supply of energy cubes in the staging area. Um, and Galvatron says, Your bungling has cost me the sweet taste of vengeance I have hungered for. A taste I shall not be denied. Starting off, shouts at Scourge, Maintain energy production! I shall see to the Autobots! Ingester and victory! That's right. So, yes. okay, Ingester I'm sorry. And victory. I love that they keep bringing up that, um, that, that catchphrase. Um, he gets onto a huge Decepticon wedge-shaped flat-top space carrier accompanied by an armada of Cyclonus jets. Which mm. I thought was interesting because it brought up the Armada again. Right, right. Um, and then, but here's the another part where it really deviates where they they left other Autobots on Earth, uh, which, I mean, I guess the movie never really addresses either because we cut to Blaster. As far on, as we know, Blaster's the only person oh, left on Earth. Oh, please tell me what Blaster yeah. says. Yeah, Blaster, he's accompanied oh, by other Autobot survivors, Trailbreaker and Sunstraker. Oh. Um, all show battle damage, and they're, they're guerrilla fighters now. Okay. And Blaster says... The shuttle's made it through, but we still got lots to do. We're going to play gorilla and make every day a thriller. Whoa! <laughs> now, first of all, Muhammad Ali already did that rhyme and did it way better. Uh, yes, he did. I think he did. Are you talking about the thriller in Manila? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. What did Blaster say? He's, he's we said, need a folder Manila, and we're going to give him a thriller? We need a, we need a folder Manila? <laughs> That's right, he's talking about office supplies. He's a fold of manila. <laughs> gotta store his files. And then Sunstreaker says, Why did Ultra Magnus and the others abandon us? It isn't fair. 
Fairn player ain't nowhere when Decepticons play in Shake and Bake with the Universe. Something up there gobbled up the third moon of Cybertron and put the Decepticons back together we to after we tore them apart. Which doesn't rhyme. Lots of, <laughs> lots of exposition. That, that so apparently, in addition to non-rhyming. Yeah, and he recognized that Galvatron and Cyclonus and the Sweeps were the Decepticons they killed. I don't know how, but... Uh, then we cut to uh, Cup telling the story of the Ikyak, although he says, Reminds me of the time we faced the Ikyak cyborgs of Phosphor Norn. Of course. <laughs> uh, Snarl is not listed. They list all the other Dinobots. Um, and then basically it's pretty much the same. Uh, Hot Rod is sparring with the Autocombatant, which it is named that in here. Um, it gives him the loud raspberry. Um <laughs> And then it's, there's a lot more of the story that Cup goes into, which is fairly boring, actually. Um, and then, Only a, a Dinobot would find it exciting. There is a part where, yeah, and there's a part where uh, Hot Rod goes over the intercom and talks to the other ship, and he talks to uh, RC and Daniel. Um, and Daniel uh, basically is saying, like, or RC, Daniel asks if he can come over and visit. The other shuttle. And it's like a hologram situation, so another thing from Star Wars. Where wait, wait, wait. So Daniel's asking if he can go over to the if Hot Rod can come over to their ship and visit and play. Mm -hmm. Why? To play. Well, they, I'll tell you, Daniel. Then you, me, and RC could play semiconductor chess. Oh my like, god! Like classic chess just isn't good enough to make it to two thousand and five. Exactly. As I mean, a game, it's thousands of years old. Play. But <laughs> no nope. semiconductor chess. Uh, and then uh, Daniel, do they, do, they, do they do it or do they tell him to screw? No, that's why this part is still like cut out because it does nothing happens to it with oh, it. But basically, just, it's a game. They, they ignore him. It plays up essentially the RC hot rod thing because a bit like Daniel's like, can, hey, please, RC, can he come over? And RC says coyly to Hot Rod's hologram, "Well, I suppose it would be all right." What? I know. It says it's, it says it's coyly, yes. but it's all that's weird. It's all uh, holograms. It's I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just a hologram. It's all holograms. So they're already over there. Like, please, can I come over? I'm already over there. I guess kind of. Kind of. That yeah. I can just be over there. There's nothing you can do about it. And then basically, this is why it gets cut out, and it's so stupid because then Springer comes up and says, "Hold the personal calls. Perceptor's going to lock coordinates on an energy transfer now leaving Earth, and we need the circuits." Okay. So that just goes away, and nothing ever Makes comes no up about sense. it. It should be hold all personal calls. We just got away from the Decepticons. We shouldn't be playing games right now. We should be on kind of high alert and figuring out our next move. Yeah. And so after that, basically Perceptor, and this is much different, he plugs his fingers into the console board um, to like interface directly with the computer. Um, and then it cuts to back no on... No Bluetooth in these days. Like he's trying... Apparently this energy transfer is like what Unicron did before with the slurping mm -hmm. of the straw and like they're okay. detecting that this is going to happen again. And so we cut back to Earth where there's an angle on the assembly... Assembly... Mm, oh boy. Assembly lines of the Energon cubes and we see human slaves and Autobot slaves hauling Energon cubes under whips of Decepticon and sweep guards as they bring more cubes to the stack. And where is that? On Earth? That's on Earth. Oh. They're assembling more energy, and um, basically uh, we <laughs> we cut back to uh, oh Perceptor finds out where the energy is going, um, which is into uh, Ingester, and kind mm -hmm. of has a weird like mm -hmm. oh that shocking reaction. And this is the point again where Galvatron like has now found them, and uh, basically we get into this is kind of where the space battle happens, where Springer is like mount uh, uses an ACAC gun to shoot at them. Um, 
It's like, Ultramagus says, Cup, elevate force fields at once. And then um, that's when Galvatron pushes the firing button on the console and uh, eject canister bombs, the, which trail rocket exhaust. The green so button. basically exactly where this okay, so, ends. Wow. Wow, that's... Ooh. But it, it's, it, it's funny how sometimes these minutes of yours, mm. of this original or maybe a second draft of Rod Friedman's, do end up in points. Like, there are these kind of, like... Vectors of where it ends back up, yes. but it gets back to it gets back to our to the end of our minute. It does. <laughs> it's just so but much there, in it between. Is nothing like what happened. Like all this bullshit about the cyber chess and the holograms, semiconductor chess, and the please. slaves and the slaves on Earth and the Autobots and the humans. I am amazed though that it, it does seem to sync up. The, it, it gets back on the rails. And I think that must have been what like Dilly did, uh, who like paired That's all this it. stuff out and just kept like beats. The movie doesn't name them, but the missiles that were used to be fired upon Cup and Hot Rod's ship are called Moleculon missiles. Moleculon That's in mine too. And um, we, I think we've referred to it in actually a couple previous episodes when we talked about the revenge. And at first, essentially the same things happen. There's a bit more dialogue, but Hot Rod does challenge Cup's idea to inverse polarities. He says, that'll tear the ship apart. <laughs> Uh, but after they avoid the missiles, instead of Cyclonus attacking them and disabling the ships, they float by what is described as a, quote, giant alien-made moon. Yes. And a hatch opens from that moon, and a giant, quote, lobster claw-like what? grabber comes out, grabs the ship, crushes it, and flings the Autobots towards Quintessa. So there's a that moon random. outside Quintessa, the, and a lobster claw grabs it lobster and claw. tosses it towards them instead of them being We're shot We're being down. attacked by Galvatron. <laughs> Guess what you don't expect? Some fucking crustacean to attack you from a random fucking moon. That's weird. That's not in mine at all. All right, good. It's <laughs> well, a bananas. Like, what's the, what's that's the all I've got. What's the Galvatron cheer? Ingester. Ingester. And victory? No, just ingester. It's just in the word ingester. <laughs> just uh, it's a bonkers floral dairy wow. stuff. Okay, so in my uh, in my deviation, it, this is a real short one. Um, basically, it's the same thing. Uh, Galvatron has found them and is attacking them, um, and they, he shoots the moleculon missiles. Uh, they strike the hull of the shuttle. Um, causing a vibrating line of electrical energy to crackle all around the shuttle, lacing over and around it like a webbing of some fiery spider. <laughs> Which a lot of organic spiders and lobsters, mm -hmm. and, and <laughs> snake. I don't know. Very. There's a lot of organic stuff in these earlier drafts. This is, and this one's weird because like Cup says, "We're hit, abandoned," and then the shuttle cracks violently apart. It's shards and sections blasting in all directions toward camera, through camera, as Hot Rod comes flying out, turning over and over in space toward the camera and over the camera, and falling, 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 and Cup says, ship! Abandoned ship. And then the Hot Rod falls out of sight, and we hear the echo of his yell, ah! <laughs> and then Galvatron smiles malevolently and says, one down, one to go. And that's pretty wow. much it. But it does, there's no mention. I haven't read very far ahead. There's no mention of like a planet. So they're so, just falling into space. So between the 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 Friedman original and I, what I assume is the Friedman or Dilly draft mm -hmm. rewrite, they actually Went <laughs> took crazier. away Galvatron's glory and yeah. created <laughs> the, the lobster claw moon. It's weird. It's a weird thing to like. Yeah, to, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Uh, awesome. But so in mine, 
The only real deviation is that as Ultra Magnus and Springer pilot the ship, Blur, RC, and Daniel are noted to be patching holes in the hull. Mm -hmm. So they're like repairing the ship while this Child, while this fight is going down. Child this labor. Space battle. Yeah, put him to work. <laughs> <laughs> Make him do something. That's all I've got. Um, mine's pretty short as well. Um, basically, uh, we. Uh, pull back, and it, we're in Ultra Magnus in the cockpit. Um, in the background, Blur and RC work to patch over holes in the hull, in the hull with Daniel helping them. Perceptor is slowly, methodically plotting coordinates on a light-up table, seemingly oblivious to shakes and rockings of hits being scored on their ship. Springer says, Cup and Hot Rod have bought it. Maybe the Dinobots were tough enough to survive, but I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ultra Magnus very, very says, compassionate. He doesn't even say I can't deal with it. He just straight up ignores it and says, "Our force, our force field shields are weakening. Damage control report." And on Daniel with RC and Blur, Daniel hammering small metal patch plates over smoking pin in the hull. Oh, he's repairing the ship. Mm -hmm. That's great. There's a million holes in the fuselage. <laughs> oh, golly, I hate your Daniel voice more like than the real Daniel voice. I like it. RC says, uh, "RC uh, stage direction, more adult report." 62% deficit in structure. And then uh, RC further says, power supply depleted, survival factor, minus three. What? Survival factor? Survival factor. <laughs> minus three? Minus, that can't be good. Is that anything like our terror watch alert scale? How do you get below zero? I, don't, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're you're seems, dead already. It seems like the bottom. Uh, <laughs> One thing I like about this is that at, this is the first mention of a force field. Like, at least... Like that helps give some credence the to shields, the yeah. whole, like the it whole, like, like some lasers are stronger than others or whatever. No, maybe there's a force field. It seems like that force field's doing a really good job too. Up, up to now, a million holes. Well, a million holes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're back on Springer and Ultra Magnus. Springer, we've got no choice. We've got to die. <laughs> <laughs> What? Which is the version of they're gonna dog us until they see us dead. Right. But it doesn't even Ultra Magnus doesn't even tell you like, oh, we're not really gonna die. They just straight up in this script act like they're dead. Like and then it just cuts back to Galvatron, maintain molecular barrage. And as he works the controls and eject more canister bombs, they haven't sufficient reserves to ward off destruction of that magnitude. And then an electrical outline envelops the ship, and there's a blinding flash, after which a large particles of space junk and remnants of the hull and superstructure come exploding toward the camera and past the camera, accompanied by an explosive sound, and then silence. Oh, I get it now. Where the shuttle has been, there is now nothing, just loose asteroids and clouds of space dust. So, yeah. So when he says we've got to die, he means that he wants the, the, the Decepticons to think they've died. I kind of like that angle uh, on it. Like, essentially let the viewer think they've dead and then reveal that they separated well, the ship. I think that's what you... Well, I guess... Well, you no, here you got the reveal. We're going to so, separate the ship. So yeah. you knew they were going to... You knew this explosion didn't have any real dramatic true. weight to it because you knew true. That's true. Fine. Yeah, I actually I kinda, do kind of like that better where you don't have to yeah. reveal until later. I gotcha. Although that We're line, better than you, creator. <laughs> of this movie. You imagine that, poor, that line, we've got to die, is ridiculous. Poor Daniel being like, what? <laughs> I have a slightly different take on the unicorn. Uh, unicorn? <laughs> that's the knockoff. What is that called? Blaster that's Bluster? The Asian, that's the Asian knockoff unicorn character. Unicorn. unicorn. 
Uh, unicorn and bluster. And after, <laughs> so basically, after the remains, uh, the back three quarters of Magnus's ship explodes, mm-hmm. Scourge says, the Autobots have been terminated. And then Galvatron says, excellent, and soon we shall say the same of that infernal Unicron. Whoa. And then he gets tortured and his body twists and rides in pain. Now that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, like, also, way to tip your hand. Like, <laughs> Don't you already stop? know from previous scenes that he can hear you? Like, stop saying things out loud, man. <laughs> right. What are you doing? You don't have to do... So, um, the only other thing is that the, the Autobots already know, if you will remember from previous script deviations, the mm-hmm. Autobots at this point... Um, in my script, already know that the junk planet exists. Yes. And Ultra Magnus asks Perceptor if he can locate it, <clears throat> and Perceptor does the jib-jabby thing and then clears his throat and says, yes. And then <laughs> I guess they proceed mm-hmm. to it. And that's yeah. all I've got. Right on. Um, okay, so... Let's see, is this the long one? I, I, oh, no. <laughs> what are you? They're all long, I feel Not like. all of them. They're, the next one's really short. Actually, because I, I struggle to figure out where to cut them off because there's, like, extra stuff that happens. Like Caleb said last episode. People love the script deviations. I do think they? It seems in all oh, the yeah, comments I've do. heard, they are among, the, like, they could probably fast forward past the first 20 minutes of the show and just listen to script deviations. Well... <laughs> they also quote unquote love uh, uh, Transformers After Dark. I, I, yeah. <laughs> they also right. like a particular one of our voices. <laughs> All right. Great. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, so if you remember on the previous episode, uh, there is an electrical outline that in, in, envelops the uh, the the Ultra Magnus's shuttle and a blinding flash uh, with large particles of space junk and the remnants of the hull and superstructure explode toward the camera. And then Galvatron says, at last. And then he turns and shouts, report, which is, I don't understand. But uh, Cyclonus says, sensor readings indicate an explosion of magnitude zeta. Which, oh, that is a very zeta. large magnitude. It is That's a, like a, what is it, like a death factor of negative three? <laughs> That's right. Negative uh, ten, I'd yeah. say. Oh, even more. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, uh, so there, and then there's no assault on Galvatron by Unicron in mine. Uh, Galvatron says, then they have been terminated. Return to Earth base. I intend to claim the fruits of this victory from Ingester. That's right, I personally. forgot that uh, in this version of the script, the Decepticons are like entrenched on Earth. Mm-hmm. They basically turned Earth. Well, there's into a whole bit, and this is why, why I'm saying that this is longer, because, because there's a whole bit with Blaster and the rest of the insurgents on Earth that we <laughs> is not in the movie at all. Um, so Galvatron basically flies away, and Cyclonus. Um, is the one who goes to Earth. Okay. Um, and Whereas Galvatron's going to Unicron, yes. Cyclonus is going to mm-hmm. Earth. Okay. Uh, the the flat top, Cyclonus takes control of the flat top uh, carrier, the ship, uh, and he flies away. What? So wait, hang on, I'm sorry. Cyclonus gets on the Revenge? Yeah. And flies it to Earth? And then uh, Galvatron and the other guys just fly their normal, like, in their bodies? Well, I guess, obviously Galvatron could probably hop into... The one. Armada? Cyclonus's clone? Yeah. Cyclonus! <laughs> Whoa, break it, it down. <laughs> That's right. This is a weird mystery right it's, now. It's not c- completely clear. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Anyway, so we then we cut to Ultra Magnus's shuttle, or, or rather a quarter of it, mm-hmm. um, and Springer says, They bought it! <laughs> we just know. 
<laughs> yeah, and that is, I guess they're veering off, so that's how they know. And so um, then we see RC, Perceptor, Springer, and Blur crowded together in a cramped remnant of the cockpit as Daniel and Ultra Magnus sit at the control deck. RC says, We had to detonate three quarters of the shuttle to convince them, but that doesn't leave us much to go on. And uh -huh. so basically her, like, this garbage thing that we're, we're flying. Uh, and then Blur is like, power outage, psychic wattage, minimal voltage, but we're still here. But not for long. Ultramagus says, but not for long if we don't make repairs. Perceptor, can you find us some place to set down? And that is where he, uh, basically the same thing. It, it literally says here, Ultramagus holds his head in his hands as Springer grimaces <laughs> to Perceptor's. Hey, they, that's, how, that's mm -hmm. what they put on screen. Good job. That still and exists. Perceptor says, Ahem, I think I know just the spot. Turn 19 degrees, axial north. We then... And the guys that, are like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, <laughs> After that, we cut to Earth. And then in the distance, we see a fiery glow of burning remnants of Autobot City in the cold ray. Feeding straw. <sighs> yep. Extending what? down... The feeding straw of the unicorn. Oh, Ingester. Yeah, Ingester. Oh, wait, he's at Earth feed. right now. He's not, but, like, he is still sucking power off of Earth. Ugh, weird. And, yeah. He's drinking Earth's milkshake? Yes. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> uh, and it fucking says this again in the, in the fucking script. Scourge is in mid-transformation position, his head sticking up from his vehicle. And this score says life form, life form sensed, and basically it's he he comes to this place and is like uh, is trying to find the uh, rogue Autobots, but they just find like a skeleton. It's in quotes of an old Decepticon, <laughs> which is weird. It's like a keep going. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Proceed. Uh, Proceed. And then Scourge says it's one of our troopers. He must have been terminated yesterday. <laughs> what? <laughs> And he oh, picks and up from the Battle of Autobot City, I guess, or, the, yeah. or no, a battle, or a Battle of Autobot City Two. Mm -hmm. And then he picks up the one of the, like the eyes of the of the of the robot and says, "Take it back to the spare parts bank. A functioning unit may have need of it. Sweeps, transform, and they fly away." He just grabs an eyeball. Yes. What what is the point of this scene? It's not moving no, it the makes, story along at all. Yeah, no, it's it's meaningless because yeah, it makes no sense which is why they could have This is awesome. And then Blaster comes out after they fly away and says, Those ugly suckers will be back. We got to keep rolling until we can put enough muscle to boot their bustle. Are yeah! you sure that's not Jazz that came back? I do Jazz and Blaster. I do have a similar... I was say they have a, a, a similar cadence and inflection. <laughs> Sunstreaker and other Autobot survivors crouch, ready for battle weapons drawn, as sound of approaching vehicle draws closer. There are shadowy trees, and then a dark vehicle hurtles toward the camera, and Blaster says, Mess them up! And then Wheeljack comes into the picture and transforms. Wheeljack, who in the movie is dead. Right, so he's still alive here. And he says, Hold it! Blaster, Sunstreaker, and other Autobots react happily. You gotta do a Jersey accent. I know, I'm, 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 I'll try it here. Uh, Blaster says, Wheeljack, I figured you got incinerated in the city. I sure am glad to be responding to your image on my optic reading circuitry. <laughs> let's read that again. Uh, let's take that one more time. Take two. Wheeljack, I figured you got incinerated in the city. I sure am glad to be responding to your image on my optic readout circuitry. Yeah! <laughs> Did they all end with a, yeah, they do. Yeah. It says, it's, yeah. It literally says, yeah, and then I wrote Jesus. <laughs> what is that? And the Wheeljack says, you might not be so thrilled when you hear what I've got to say. I've been tracking the shuttles, Ultra Magnus and the Dinobots, ever since they blasted off and lowers his head. And the Sunstreaker says, well, go on. I hate suspense. Are they all right? 
The Decepticons use Moleculon devices. There's no mistake in the readouts. And oh, because the ship mm-hmm. blew up. Blaster says, I don't believe in readouts. I believe in hope. So far as I'm concerned, everybody that counts is still operational somewhere. He's so delusional. <laughs> now let's get some gone. Wa- Wait, now let now let's get us gone whilst the gone in is good. It's hard to say that. <laughs> let's see that. Let me, where is it? Now let's get us gone whilst the gone in is good. Mm-hmm. Yo! This is like Song of the South That's, level it writing. Is not good. Good. That <laughs> is, it's pretty bad. That this is. is I don't know if Ron Freeman was watching a lot of Looney Tunes <laughs> from oh, yeah. the like, 50s. Or even like, yeah. Like, even older, like <laughs> oh my God, Uncle Weston, Tom's Cabin. Wes and I started watching the early Looney Tunes and almost immediately became super racist. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, black, well, when they bring up Japanese people, they always have like oh, thick glasses and buck teeth. Yeah, even worse oh, yeah. than that, but like, we like the second one we watched, uh, this was New Year's Eve, we were watching mm-hmm. this, uh, it, uh, Bugs Bunny is literally in blackface. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrifying. I'm like, you don't need to do that, guys. <laughs> All right, we're almost done here. Uh, <laughs> the Autobots shout, roll, and you got it, etc. ad-lib. Transformers start moving as a shutter goes through the landscape. The fields and hills undulate, and there's a huge submerged roar and cracking sound, and then all is still. Sunstreaker, wh- what was that? Wheeljack. The Earth's reaction to... That's not Wheeljack, that was Blaster. Okay, Wheeljack. The Earth's reaction to Decepticon energy drain... If depletion continues at its present rate, this planet will self-destruct within the next 48 hours. Earth? Yes. And that is, I, I will close That's where out. you're leaving I'm it? I'm going to close it out right there. Earth's going to, Earth is going to Yeah, that's a weird die. component they add. Like, uh, apparently, like, we're draining so much, they're draining so much power that Earth is going to uh, be destroyed in uh, two days. So, um, you'll remember from mine, the last time we saw Cup and Hot Rod, uh, which this was a big turn. There was a giant metallic claw yes. that uh, kind of grabbed and crushed the ship. And uh, well, this scene in my script opens up with a small falling object. And uh, you ultimately find out that's Hot Rod. <laughs> and uh, he keeps falling down, down, down. And he plummets through the atmosphere, falls past, uh, quote, shiny rock pinnacles of unusual construction into what is called a silvery energy sea. Uh, and he uh. splashes into it. As he sinks, he collides with a reef, so he bounces down among that. And he gets up. He immediately transforms. He tries calling uh, to his team through his intercom, and he rounds a corner and finds what is called in the script a robotoid squid that is tearing Cup to pieces. So as opposed to a ship crashing, which you couldn't do that because it's a different parallel Mm -hmm. universe, he got crushed by the claw, flung, I guess, into the planet's atmosphere, splashed through the water, and went looking for his mm-hmm. people. I, I, why didn't he splash into a ball bearing sea? <laughs> That's right. Ball bearing water. Was that a description of Energy Cybertron liquid. or something? I don't remember. This works much no, better. No, no, no. That was the description of uh, Unicron, like Ingester, the ah, planet. Yeah, That's this, what it this was. works much better. In mine, um, it, on the last one, uh, we, we cut from Blaster and Sunstreaker and Wheeljack. Who are uh, those guys? Yeah, they are uh, insurgents on Earth. Earth. Okay. Uh, now we go back to deep space. A uh, shot that features a new planet of an odd, distorted shape and color. Something like a huge Baroque pearl, which wobbles on its rotation in an atmosphere of nacreous ne- gases. Which I how had can to... a pearl be anything other than a pearl? How can a pearl be Baroque? Well, if it's like run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. The auto pun deceptus. That is an interesting description, a Baroque pearl. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand the Baroque style, but then I guess... Well, no, I get it. You just drew no, like no, 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 no. The, the, Joker symbols. The all planet, over. the planet's the shape of a sphere. So he, you know, I guess he didn't want to call it a baroque styled planet. He just calls it like a baroque pearl, and it kind of makes it sound more pretentious and. Well, then he doubles down also oh, by oh, saying that it has an atmosphere of necratious gases, which I had to look up that word. Necratious. Uh, it means mother of pearl <laughs> or incandescent. Double pearls. Yes, he's going. I think he's going for. He's going to for color. Yeah, he's yeah. Going for mm-hmm. visualization. Uh, this is the planet Quintesson, which is what they call it in my script, mm-hmm. um, and it should be completely distinct in appearance so it cannot be mistaken for the larger planet toward which Ultra Magnus is now heading. Mm-hmm. Is it Quintesson or Quintesson? Uh, in, in the movie, Quintesson. Mm-hmm. In the show, it's called Quintessa. Quintessa. Okay. I believe but that's But it doesn't right, exist. It? I think they blow it up in Five Faces of yes. Darkness. Yes. Darkness, but anyway... Okay. Uh, a small falling object appears high above Quintesson and hurtles down, down, down until it's in view, and we see it is Hot Rod, mm, mm, just mm, like your script, familiar. Aaron. Alignment. And then <laughs> toward the planet, trying to change the angle of his fall, regain his bodily control as we move down with him. Hot Rod says, "I'm getting space sick." <laughs> oh. <laughs> As Hot Rod plummets down through layers of atmosphere and continues to fall, we track him all the way down and move alongside with him as he falls past shiny rock pinnacles of unusual construction this and bizarre so landscape careening wildly. Familiar. Then we change. Does on it the- say Dolly meets, uh, you know, uh, Picasso? It does not. It does not. Is that okay. what yours says? No, I said that. Oh, yeah, you're actually- me. <laughs> me. <laughs> Stop. Is that Starscream making an appearance? Hello. Bye, everybody. I'm done now. <laughs> See you later. Wow, weird. <laughs> oh, man. He comes and goes. <laughs> uh, all right, basically, the hot rod falls. That was fun. Yeah. Hot rod falls into a sea. He sinks to the bottom where he collides with a high-tech metallic structured sort of brief, like you said, Aaron, um, and then transforms into his auto mode, modified for undersea action. Oh, uh-huh. didn't get any of that on screen uh-huh. or in my script. Which is weird. And also before that, he says he generates a glass bubble headpiece and takes a huge breath, which I'm like, <laughs> he has to breathe now? That's kind of like, there was an episode of the original G1 cartoon, I don't remember if it was season one or season two, but Hound goes underwater and creates glass screen mm-hmm. over his face, presumably for breathing and or clear so sight. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, pretty dumb. They got rid of it. I mean, also, and this is like way late, but I've seen people who were like, um, like memes and stuff of like uh, when Galvatron chokes Hot Rod, they're in space, why would Hot Rod need to breathe? Right. I always took it as more of like he's compressing like some fluids that he needs to do. Why would, would his head off? Why would, yeah, why, yeah. Why, would, why would any of the Transformers feel pain in the first place? Excellent question. So, uh, just, or, or just like it. us, why would we feel pain? We don't have to. It's just a signal. It's, it's just a. It's, it's just a, a re- signal to say this shouldn't be happening. It's a well, re- true. It's, it's a an reflex. Well, it's an we, evolutionary. Yeah, but, you know, the old, development. But the transformers. I mean, if why couldn't they have that too? It's, it's just true. in their brain. This shouldn't be happening. Okay. What could they turn there it we off? Well, I mean, they're still. It's just, not about turning it off. It's about you got to know that it's happening. I wish I to could react see. properly. Yeah, they're still just uh, Caleb. Fi- you're still fired. I wish. I wish I could turn off the pain. <laughs> They're still okay. Moving on, uh, the robotoid squid is tearing cup to pieces, removing arms, legs, feet, a hand, which is a weird note. 
a hand. Yes. And tossing them across the ocean floor. I don't know why he wouldn't be eating them. Like, why does he need to tear them he's apart? He's just there to be... He's just a big, destructive baby squid. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to tease a little bit of the next episode because it's weird. But then we go on Hot Rod and Hot Rod screams cup. And then he uses his sidearm to blast a squid, which <laughs> reacts by releasing a laser print ink stream... Which boils out in the water in a series of dots and X shapes. Yeah. Dots and X. They're going digital? Which, yeah. Why wasn't it zeros and ones? I don't know. Why it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, any if you're going to do that. But that's, that's where I'm going to stop. That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Ebola. <laughs> I don't have too much that's really that different. It's just a couple script notes that I thought were funny. Um... He talk, it talks about uh, when Hot Rod shoots at the at the squid that his shots, quote, plink off a couple tentacles. And after Hot Rod blasts the, quote, hideous optical sensor, the squid releases a laser print ink stream which boils <laughs> in the water in a series of dots and X shapes. Yeah. <laughs> that, so that made it to that draft. Made it a while through there. And the script also mentions that Cup is half buried in the, quote, sand. But right. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm, maybe that's not so much a deviation since it happened on check, the check screen. check <laughs> all right all right so ryan i hope you've got something way better than that i got some interesting stuff this was pretty short actually uh hot rod neil basically it's the same thing um you know we he uses a sidearm to blast the squid releases the laser print ink stream as we said hot rod lowers his head and blows the blast of air through his headpiece the air blast clears the water of the ink which mm. is like so he's blowing air through his fucking face <laughs> <laughs> so weird Oh, uh, okay, and then that clears the uh, water, revealing Cup's head and torso half-buried in the quote-unquote sand. Mm-hmm. Um, as Hot Rod kneels, he says, Cup, say something! Close on Cup's head as he turns his head to look up at Hot Rod and spits out a mouthful of sand. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what does this mean? Cup says, burbling as he speaks, but Okay, I guess I didn't read this book. Cup says, button. And Hot Rod says, button? And Cup... But your lip differential and get me out of here. I'm starting to rust. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> and then Hot Rod says, sure, Cup, right away. And then uh, as he speaks, Hot Rod extends one arm and sends out a visible magnetic wave which spreads and rapidly pulls Cup's scattered body parts together. <laughs> they clang and stick to Cup's head and torso in a jumble of odd part and machine ends. Well, that's fucking weird and silly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Way to make this have no emotional impact at all. <laughs> and then um, uh, Hot Rod cradles Cup's head in the crook of his arm and starts ascending through the energy sea, scattering schools of curious metallic, metallic peeper fish. The fish are cigar-shaped, long-nosed, one-eyed, and they peep, peep, peep like tiny chickens. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't. What a weirdly specific detail that doesn't have to exist. Oh no. Jesus Christ. And I took the liberty of drawing a little design work of what I thought that would look like. Oh, hey, share that with the audience. I will share that and I'll send a text of it to Caleb. But... Oh, God. That made me laugh for a while. <laughs> That's it. That's it, huh? Well, yeah. that's all you got. That's all you need. <laughs>
Mine is, uh, like, uh, it's pretty close in, you know. Uh, Ultra Magnus' ship is, quote, buffeted by winds and storms as it enters the atmosphere of Junkion. So it's kind of like going into Jupiter a little bit, it sounds like. Uh, no. Daniel... Uh, Jupiter's a gas planet. But going into it, would there be winds and storms? If you were to try and there penetrate would be its, very, its, pretty its atmosphere, Caleb. Okay. You shouldn't enter Jupiter's atmosphere through that. I don't recommend going anywhere into Jupiter. You'll just—it's not a—it's a very hostile environment. Daniel asks Springer where they are, and uh, Springer says the place where everything ends up after you throw it out. And he holds up his hands and crosses <laughs> his fingers like a cross for some reason. What? <laughs> what? Religious overtones in this draft. <laughs> Everyone is in a jumbled tangle post-rec. Springer has half his body sticking through the hall, it says. <laughs> That's in mine, too. Uh, Daniel says, wow, that was better than the roller coaster at Future World. God, it made it to that. That's in mine as well. That made it to a later draft. Do it. Future World. Brilliant uh, name. The, the writers found a moment to enter another sort of perceptor moment with yeah. the... The composition of this planet seems to be a chaotic amalgam of discarded ferrous and non-ferrous articulations. Ultra Magnus, how's that, Springer? He says the planet's made of junk. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, Ultra Magnus straps on a tool belt in the <laughs> straight-up Batman <laughs> utility belt. <laughs> And then um, Daniel, the only other piece, Daniel wants to help just like uh, we see on yes. screen. Springer tells him it's rough out there and to stay inside and play with crayons or something. The, <laughs> that's, the, the 1986 that's really, version really, of the 2006 equivalent of play with, play with an iPad. <laughs> Does it really say play with crayons? It or? says that in mine too, yeah. Oh, it says, it literally says that. Wow. I hope I didn't steal all No, 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 I've got some other stuff. stuff. All right, that's all I've got. Well, with mine, um, I had to skip because actually, for um, episode fifty, like they don't they don't tr change back and forth. They stick with Hot Rod and Cup uh, throughout, yeah. and they, it does they that in mine as well. do this later. So yeah, I had to mm -hmm. jump f forward. Yep. Um, so uh, they're on the edge of a huge shadowy planet in space, uh, like you said, buffeted by winds. Hey, and Springer says, "Hang on, this isn't gonna be any powder puff landing." <laughs> It's fucking great. Uh, it shakes and rattles violently. Daniel hangs on to stru structural members as RC holds him, and Springer has himself braced across both of them. In background, Ultra Magnus, Blur, and Perceptor are clustered around structural supports near Control Deck, and Ultra Magnus punches in some buttons, then turns away to face the rest of the group. Daniel says, Where are we, Springer? And Springer says, A long way from home, squirt. Ultra Magnus oh. says... From here on, it's maybe he wasn't calling uh, Daniel Squirt. Maybe he was like jizzing in his face. Stage directions. <laughs> That's why it's in, in in parentheses. Robo jizzing. Sorry, Caleb. Your yeah, like in that hilarious fire. Michael Bay moment where uh, John Turturro gets peed on. Right. I fucking hate that. Anyway, uh, Ultra Magnus says, "From here on, it's automatic pilot procedure." Blur. Very fast. Very frightened. The automatic digital extremity crossing, which he crosses his fingers. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. Um, and then basically, yep, the ship crashes. Uh, it is the same as yours, Aaron, pretty much from there. Um, and then uh, Springer, pulling himself free of the whole wall, remind me to give the autopilot a raise and a free lube job. Whoa! <laughs> and um, it, that is hilarious, but also it is interesting because... Uh, he says, remind me to give the autopilot a raise, which only makes sense because Ultra Magnus said they were on autopilot. In the movie that we see, it doesn't make any sense because the Ultra Magnus was piloting it, and I never no, thought of that. That's true. Yeah, I never did Why either. would you put autopilot on if you're crashing? And it doesn't, it's, it's yeah. Just, 
<laughs> Ultra Magnus, remind me to give you a raise. <laughs> and a lube job. <laughs> you, you can explain it anyway. Well, I was going to let you do it. You were getting I'm ready sorry, to jump into it. No, Listen, well, hey guys, I don't me. care who explains it, but someone uh, so, please catch me up. So basically we have two scripts. Ryan has an early version, Aaron has a later revision, and we talk about how the or original writing on the script deviates from what, from we're what we seeing see on screen. On screen. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's pretty... So um, I actually don't have my, anything, really. So okay. I'm looking forward to yours. That, like, the only thing, the only thing, I just point out a couple notes, that uh, the script says that the suit, quote unquote, fits over his body like a grid work metal cage. Yeah. And the training goof-off sequence is pretty much the same, but in my version of the script, it's Springer that says Showtime's over instead of Ultra Magnus. That's okay. all I've got. So I, I that's very got similar, some. actually, to mine. Um, so here's where we start. It basically starts with RC. Uh, she steps forward with a smile. The, the, the grid-like suit, what could that mean? I don't I, know what a grid-like suit is. So. I mean, I think about the grids they used when the Decepticons were transformed into their new forms from their old beat-up forms, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it means like just a skeletal some suit yeah, of some kind. Know, yeah. And then RC says... I think Daniel can make himself useful with this. <laughs> Holds the grid-like metal frame, quote-unquote, suit. What is it, RC? An exosuit. Starts helping him into it. And then uh, he gets inside the suit, which is the fist over his body, and the Perceptor says, the external skeletal structure of the exosuit increases the wearer's strength and capacity by a factor of 500. Even more, perhaps. In other words... There is no. Uh, that's oh, one where we actually they didn't don't clear do it. it up for him. Daniel oh, okay. in this cage. Springer says, "Don't fight it, Dano. You control an exosuit by thinking about what you want to do before you do it." And then Daniel, brown knitted, thinking says, "Thinking, thinking." <laughs> <laughs> uh, suddenly starts moving and starts tap dancing rapidly. Oh, tap bounces dancing. off the walls. Little motherfucking Savion Glover up in here. Exactly, <laughs> spinning upside down, then flips over several times and lands in a splat in a splatter. Legs spread, arms this way and that, amused, startled and unhurt, and all laugh at him, and Daniel says, It's kind of tricky! And then R.C. says, For the first time out, you were great! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wait, 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 let me okay. try it again. For the first time out, you were great! <laughs> and then Springer says, Showtime, yeah, like you said, Aaron, Showtime's over, we got work to do. And then as Springer, R.C., Daniel, et al., come down the ramp around the lush, quote-unquote, vegetation of growing junk clumps. Um, and Growing junk clumps? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then Daniel whistles and says, this must be the junk cup capital of the universe. Uh, so basically the same thing. Although I will point out that in this one minute, uh, uh, Ron Friedman has made two typos. One would be uh, a J instead of a U in universe, which literally makes it Juniverse. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, the oh, other one no. was uh, oh, there it is. It, whenever uh, Perceptor says factor of five hundred, factor is spelled with a P instead of an O. Facts per. So this is Facts like per. like hour ninety seven of a coke fueled like rewrite binge. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, even factor. Me- even Melody gets <laughs> universe. Even Melody gets that Ron Friedman's script is a little bit of a bore sometimes. It's wordy, but again, it's a first draft. You write and then you cut. <laughs> hey everybody, time to go. Time for script deviations. Don't you know? Is this a remix that we're doing? <laughs> I should note that at this part of my story in the script, the events are structured somewhat differently from what we see on screen. For example, the whole scene of Hot Rod and Cup on Quintessa, starting with Hot Rod falling from the sky, saving Cup, assembling him, 
bumping into the Alicons, Universal Greeting, Capture, all that happens in one uncut set of sequences. Uh, but to mm-hmm. align with what we see on screen, Cup does accuse Hot Rod of missing a part, and it sounds like you might have more on this as well. Hot Rod fumbles through some scrap and explains why those pieces can't be cut. I have that too. <laughs> and, and Cup continues to insist a part is missing, which makes Hot Rod hang his head in shame. Cup feels bad for Hot Rod, tells him that uh, all things considered, Hot Rod did an amazing job, which brightens his mood like it did on screen. They decide to go find the Dinobots, and when Cup transforms... The visual that we see on screen makes it evident that a fender is misplaced, which yes. we don't see on screen, and that um, that a wheel is mounted improperly, so he wobbles and rides un- unevenly, and there's chugging and oil spewing out of him, to which Cup says, uh, part of this is what we hear on screen, but he says, of all the circuit glitch mm-hmm. diode blow and dim wittery, I told you a pot was missing, so... That was the payoff on that. Is was yours the exact same? It's pretty much the same. Yeah, I'll just add a little bit of the the funny details because, like, yeah, like you said, Aaron, um, that's why I think it's funny how some of the beats get into the final what we see on screen, but you don't make it doesn't make a ton of sense unless you right re- because it, it's a component of an original part that gets cut out. But yeah, that's why there's that immediate turnaround where he's trying to make him feel better. It's right. he feels more upset in the script. On the screen, he seems like he's like, ah, come on. Right. <laughs> I it will... feels like they really like the joke about leaving a piece out, and they just wanted oh. to leave that, in, to me anyway, and they just wanted to leave that in the movie, even if they didn't really have much to back it up. Yeah. I mean, the next two minutes on, in the original script here is, or, or one of the early drafts, is super wordy at, uh, on these next couple parts. Um, I will say I'll read some of the things that are in the scrap metal parts lying at Cup's feet that didn't get put in. Um, some kind, uh, See, this wasn't yours. It's some kind of prehistoric ion cruncher. And this doohickey oh. looks like a funky energon funnel. <laughs> where where did these parts come from? I know. Just pick just, them up along the seafloor? In there. <laughs> um, yeah, so pretty much mine was basically the same thing. Except I, there was one part that was different at the very end. Um, Cup says, we've got to go on, lad. We're still in, still in one unit, more or less. And others are counting on us to follow through. And Hot Rod takes a beat and nods and says, right. So let's stop reminiscing and transform. We've got to find the dinos and get off this jerky little planet. So it's actually Hot Rod that says Cup's line in the script. Right. And I think that works better with making like him start to become a He's taking control. Yeah. That's right. Love it. I don't know why they flipped that, but whatever. Oh, one more, I'm sorry. One uh-huh. more thing up top. Uh, Hot Rod is completing the reassembly of Cup, who stands there impatiently like a man being fitted for a suit he is going to hate. <laughs> that's the Actually, strangest simile oh, no, I like that a lot why would you <laughs> it doesn't make it I get it but it's like it's very strange as to how that would ever happen I, but I but I can immediately pick, it's, a, it's a weird analogy but I sure. can immediately picture what how he's how it's he's true reacting. it was just so weird like it just made me laugh <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm gonna start to try, try to use that in my day to day like a man where, well, <laughs> being like, fitted hey, for yeah. a suit he is going to hate <laughs> That's our new show for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I say, well, I, I got, let's. <laughs> that's our recycled show for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, again, stay tuned for um, all new content, definitely starting in the new year. Uh, that is the APTC New Year's resolution. I'm making a lot of unilateral proclamations this episode. Um, oh, speaking of avarice, it is gift-giving time, and our store is open. <laughs> 
Tis the season to be sharing, Fred. Uh, it's autopoddecepticast.com slash APDC store. A uh, big, like, serious thank you to all of our listeners and friends who've already ordered and received their merch. We love seeing you posting that stuff. Uh, it's certainly something that we'll never get rich on, but we love creating it and and like the podcast. The Kind of the point is for all of us to celebrate and share in this thing we enjoy together. Um, so tell your friends, like, comment, subscribe. We are at APODDCast on all of the things. Um, we're on iTunes. Oh, Lord. What has happened to me? We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and probably any aggregator of your choice. So until next time, pistols at dawn. Bye, bye, bye. Blow cells, blow cells, where we sell good. <laughs>